0: Welcome to Women Over 70, Aging Reimagined, and dedicated to silencing the chatter about what women should and shouldn't be doing as they age. Here to bring you stories about women in their 70s, 80s and 90s, women who are leading inspiring lives that make a difference to themselves and others, are Kathryn Marino and Gail Zalitsky. Hello, I'm Catherine. And I'm Gail.
1: And we are delighted to welcome you to today's episode of Women Over 70, Aging Reimagined. Our signature is featuring women in their 70s, 80s, and 90s who lead lives that illustrate inspiring ways to learn, contribute, and make a difference as we age. The 30-minute conversation with our guest will focus on several themes that we've agreed upon in advance.
0: And today we're pleased to introduce you to Jackie Grimshaw, You know, talk with anyone who knows Chicago politics over the past few decades, and they'll mention Jackie Grimshaw. Jackie, age 77, has worked with the nonprofit Center for Neighborhood Technology since 1992, currently in a part-time role as vice president for government affairs. Her impressive portfolio centers around advocacy for environmental justice and equitable equitable transit-oriented development. She was political advisor to Harold Washington, Chicago's first black mayor, and is a longtime champion for women's issues. Aren't all issues women's issues? She asks. We want to thank our previous guests for referring Jackie to us Karen Rekshofen, Susan Oppenheimer, and Patricia Novick. So, Jackie, welcome to Women Over 70. And let's start by having you. Uh, tell us a bit about how, what drew you to politics and specifically to transportation planning and advocacy. Well, I like to say my life has been serendipitous.
2: I evolved into uh, politics coming out of community organizing, and I got involved in community organizing uh, because my three-year-old recognized something that I didn't recognize that was going on in our community. Uh, and that she uh, heard fire trucks every day, and she thought fire the buildings when they got old they burned up. Um, so that sparked my interest in finding out why did we have fire trucks through the neighborhood? <coughs> excuse me, through the neighborhoods on a daily basis. Um, and I got involved with the woodlawn organization. I was living on the. South Campus at University of Chicago at the time and, and, and Woodlawn was a community organization that was working there. And that got me involved in community organizing. And then um, as you get into issues in the community, it comes down to politics in some way or another. And that uh, is how I got involved in politics is kind of like uh, trying to deal with community issues and dealing with uh, city administration. Uh, and how the city administration was elected and who the city administration was, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And so, uh, as a result of that interaction, I made a resolve to myself that I was going to work to get rid of Richard J. Daly as mayor of the city of Chicago. Um, so, uh, as um, the history evolved, uh, Harold became a candidate, and I had been working in or in organizing Harold's political campaign since he first ran for the state Senate, and I had done every campaign uh, up until the time he got ready to do the mayoralty, and so I got involved in his campaign for mayoralty, and then eventually worked for the administration. Oh, and when you were working for the administration,
0: what was your focus? Um,
2: I I was director of the Mayor's Office of Intergovernmental Affairs, and that's the office that deals with all of the governments that are coterminous with the city of Chicago.
0: Can you tell us a little bit about the work that you do now with the Center for Neighborhood Technology? what is it what does transportation planning and advocacy involve?
2: well uh, again that, with my serendipitous life um, uh, after hero uh, and uh, a number of opportunities after that, I got an it pressured really to leave my job in the treasurer's office uh, to go and work for the Center for Neighborhood Technology, mainly because they were starting a new program in transportation uh, and it was actually originally transportation air quality, and they couldn't find the right person for that job. All the folks that had interviewed for it, they were not quite satisfied. So they thought that I could do the job and so they leaned on me to come to the center for the purpose of setting up a transportation and air quality program, which didn't exist at the time, but it was an issue um, that the president of the organization was involved in, uh, working with some organizations inside the Beltway to actually change federal legislation from um, national highway bills to national transportation legislation and that was the the bill that passed in 1991 the Intermodal Surface Transportation Efficiency Act that we lovingly called ICE-T. So um, having been involved in getting that legislation passed in Washington it was uh, the president felt it was incumbent to make sure that the provisions of that act were implemented here in Chicago and so that got me involved in transportation here uh, at the center and we've been doing it ever since.
0: So, Jackie, when you and I talked a few days ago, it be, you helped me become more acutely aware of how transportation affects every aspect of our lives. And I was kind of noting that I think many of us just take our transportation for granted, whereas that is not the case for many people. And I'd love, like to have you talk about the transportation and the arms that it has into our lives and what are the implications for people who lack good access?
2: Well, if you think about it, uh, Catherine, we exist in a community and a society where we have to transport ourselves. Um, Whether or not we transport ourselves by feet or using our feet or using bicycles or using cars or using transit, uh, we need to get from where we are to another place. Uh, And so our transportation system is our means for getting that. Um, And if you don't have a good, adequate, efficient, reliable transportation, it affects your livelihood. It affects your ability to get to medical appointments or get to school. Um, So it is uh, a good transportation system is very necessary for us to have a functioning and efficient society. And for those people who don't have it, they really lack access to opportunity. Um, You know I was speaking with a person who organizes down in Roseland and if you know Roseland is on the far edge of the city and she was saying she was working with a father who had difficulty getting a job because employers recognized that the community he lived in did not have good adequate transportation and so they could not count on him being at work uh, uh, on, on a regular uh, basis, on time, et cetera. So it li- really limited his opportunities. Even though he has skills for jobs, his location um, was a detriment. And so that old real estate mantra of vocational location, location is is very, um, uh, I guess, um, reminiscent of, not reminiscent, but it is uh, impactful in terms of people having the ability to um, access all of the opportunities that exist in a city like Chicago. Mm
1: -hmm. How does that impact the way the organization you belong to thinks about creating new transportation?
2: Well the Center for Neighborhood Technology is an organization that was founded on the need for creating tools methods strategies to make urban living more sustainable for low and moderate income people so from the very beginning our mission was looking at the lives of people low and moderate income people in the city of chicago and other cities throughout the country um, and how can we make their lives better more sustainable um, and so, as I said, transportation is fundamental to a, a family becoming um, sustainable and resilient and so forth. So we have worked over the years on a variety of, of opportunities um, to make those changes. And, for example, um, any college student in the city of Chicago, except for the University of Chicago and Northwestern, has a university pass. And that university pass allows them to have affordable transportation while they are students. Um, and that was something that was was uh, spearheaded uh, by the Center for Neighborhood Technology uh, to uh, again address that whole transportation as fundamental need for low and moderate income students because education is expensive enough. Um, another thing that we we did over the years was we brought car sharing to the city of Chicago. And car sharing was a strategy that allowed people to have access to an automobile without having to own an automobile. So you just use the automobile when you needed it. Uh, now Uber and Lyft have kind of replaced the popularity of car sharing, but car sharing is still available in the city of Chicago. Um, we have been right now. We're working with the mayor's office and the CTA to bring transit-oriented development to high-frequency bus routes in the city of Chicago. As you know, our our train system serves primarily the east side of the city, uh, with you know a couple of branches going west. But for the most part, if you live west of Ashland, you don't have
0: train uh, rapid. Oh, well, that's that fire engine you were talking about earlier. <laughs> Urban
2: area, you get you get ambulances, <laughs> and I'm on the route to the University of Chicago Hospital System, so we may get more ambulances as we go on. But but you know we have uh, we have uh, high frequency bus routes and and uh, a number of arterials that are on the western uh, and and southern edges of the city and so we uh, had an ordinance we worked to get an ordinance passed by the city council in january that says that we can bring the same incentives that exist for development at train stations to these high frequency bus routes
0: oh wonderful
2: yeah uh, and Part of the provision of the legislation is that we have to have an implementation plan in place in place by August 2020 so we're working right now with the mayor's office to get that done
0: great you know another uh, thing that you and I had talked about was your your longtime work kind of champion for for women and minorities in non-traditional fields such as what you've been in really and so can you talk a bit about what you Uh, what you're involved in in terms of helping to create paths for girls and women? Well, uh, again, going
2: back to my tenure in the mayor's office, um, Mayor Washington, uh, he was uh, very aware of lack of opportunity. And as you remember, one of his mantras was fairness. Uh, He was going to be the fairest mayor of all. And so when you looked at, uh, the city of Chicago and our, the jobs that are available in the city, uh, the, the best playing jobs were the jobs that were, were really held by men that there were no women that existed in those departments. So, uh, he had a direct policy and strategy for being women into the department of sewers, the mm. department of water, uh, department of transportation, uh, places that paid good wages but were male-dominated. Mm. And so one of my friends today who's retired, you know, has a very comfortable retirement because of the years that she spent in the Department of Sewers with the city mm. of Chicago. Um, so, uh, you know, that got us involved with uh, – Outside organizations. In fact, we work with outside organizations like Women Employed, mm-hmm. uh, that uh, to this day has a program and strategy for getting women into non-traditional jobs. Um, as part of my my work, uh, I am a member of the Transportation Research Board, which is a national research organization uh, where we have we bring together practitioners um, and scholars from across the country working, or actually across the world as an international organization, mm-hmm. um, to uh, deal with research around transportation. And so one of the things that we have done is to focus on getting women into engineering professions mm-hmm. uh, and, um, and and in fact that strategy is replicated here in the city of Chicago. The CTA has a program to bring young people into uh uh, as interns and summer exposure to the transportation field because it's you know just like we take transportation for granted in terms Mm -hmm. of movement is that people don't look at transportation as a source of of as a career choice Mm -hmm. um so by exposing young people you know starting in high school to transportation and the transportation fields and the opportunity in transportation um you know we have uh An opportunity to get, particularly women, into you know the STEM fields, Uh, a a job opportunity. If I could just say right now that exists, you know, Chicago is the freight capital, the transportation freight capital of the country, Mm. Uh, and so we have these intermodal facilities um, around uh, on the south part of our areas, as well as the western part of our areas, where they need people. Uh, to uh, and their jobs available in these intermodal facilities, but again, is that people don't know about it? Um, you know, the, the suburban colleges, particularly out in the south, south suburbs, have created courses to get people prepared uh-huh. for these jobs. So, you yeah. know, we have the opportunities for people to have gainful employment, but we don't have the training uh, or the awareness of people to take advantage of it.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because I was wondering uh, what challenges you and others who are you yeah. know, advocating for, for women in the STEM fields, what kind of challenges you're in, you encounter? Um, lack of information is one. What are some others?
2: Uh, well, once you make the awareness, then you have to have the training available. And uh, for, for example, the intermodal jobs, you know, you can get trained right now at the South Suburban College at Olive Harvey, but if you're living on the west side of Chicago, that is a long trek to get to the South Suburbs or to Olive Harvey. So, you know, having more training opportunities where people can access them more easily uh, is is one of the, one of the challenges. Um, and also, you know, uh, Olive Harvey, you can reach uh, by transit, but it's hard to reach the, the south suburban college by transit. So again, if you don't, if you don't have the the, the means of transportation, or even even if there's a the, the a bus that gets you there, the 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 fare, you know, the ability to pay. Uh, to get uh, on transit is sometimes a stumbling block right, to uh, right. get people into these fields.
0: You know, Jackie. Um, so, um,
2: mm-hmm. oh, go ahead, please.
0: No, no, no. Go ahead.
2: I can talk forever, so you have to stop <laughs> me.
0: <laughs> well, I was just going to add, kind of bring it, but to a little bit more personal now. That you're you're in your late seventies, and you you are still very much engaged in in these issues in your mm-hmm. advocacy. And what keeps you going? Um,
2: I guess the number one thing that keeps me going is uh, I I need to to stay active. Um, you know, my retirement plan uh, with my husband was to retire retire and travel. Um, you know, we've traveled from almost the the day we got we got married. Um, and so, you know, there are lots of parts of the world that we hadn't seen yet. So that was our plan. And unfortunately, his health said otherwise. Mm-hmm. So um, I lost him in 2016 and I didn't have a, a plan, a retirement plan, other than traveling with okay. him. <laughs> so I had to to quickly pivot to what am I going to do and... Um, so being able to to stay engaged, the ability to uh, be able to um, focus on the issues that I'm passionate about you know keeps me focused, keeps me active, keeps me from you know sitting around sucking my thumb, wondering what am I going to do next right. so I have goals every day that keep me that keep me um, Engaged, keep my mind, keeps my mind active, keeps my body active because I'm running around the city and actually running around the country. Um, so all in all, it's um, it's a retirement plan I hadn't I hadn't planned, but it is keeping me. Uh, I, I I have this opportunity. My CEO said. I can work as much or as little as I want it, and so how do you turn down an opportunity like that? Mm-hmm. So it gives me the ability to go and see my grandson in Brooklyn whenever you know the, the mood hits me or the need hits me um, to to do that so um,
0: what about um, travel to other countries? Are you doing that on your own or with groups, or is that kind of sidelined?
2: Um, yeah, no, for example, my son. Uh, Brother and I went to London for the Bears game in October. Um, (laughs) Of course. My my son's uh, mother-in-law is turning 70 um, next year. And so she's decided that all of us should go to Kenya on a safari to celebrate her 70th birthday. Um, And, you know, uh, I'm going to Washington. For the Transportation Research Board meeting in January, I'll be there for five days uh, after having come back from uh, from Florida, uh, f- where I go on the twenty seventh of December and stay until January seventh. Oh my! It's an God. annual trip I've been every year since nineteen ninety five. Um, so yeah, you know I, I I stay active. I stay movement moving and um, you know enjoying uh, as much as I can the opportunities that uh, I'm. I have have access
0: to. I'm thinking about the younger younger women now, or just or women who are still in the working working world. Any any other advice that you would offer to women about ways to uh, be really to be active in either politics or in some of these other uh, community affairs.
2: Well, you know, a younger woman, uh, you know, they have uh, right now probably are struggling with uh, the the homework uh, balance, uh, particularly if they have if they have children, Um, and so I would say stay engaged, you know, with with children, with children's exercise, children's activities, because it gives you an opportunity to have relationships outside of uh, you know your 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 work colleagues mm-hmm. um, to expose you to to other things that are going on. You know, for example, you know, how I serendipi- serendipitously got into all of uh, the things that I got into mm-hmm. be- based on my three-year-old. Mm-hmm. Um, she wasn't even in school. She was just going to the babysitter, but I had an awareness. So, you know, I would say take advantage of th- those kinds of opportunities to see what else is going on in the world and don't become insular because you know, we transportation and the other thing people say all the time, when I would talk to them about voting, why should I vote? It's not going to make a difference. Well, everything in our lives are governed by political decisions, Mm -hmm. you know, those close at home and those far away. Uh, In fact, even those internationally. And so if you're not aware, if you don't participate, if you, if you don't, um, 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 recognize the relationship between those decisions and your everyday life, then, you know, you really are missing uh, an opportunity to have, uh, to be a real social being. Uh, yes. as, uh, I would say.
0: Mm. That's such an important, important uh, message to be, it is. to be it sharing. Is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, so do you, um, you have this opportunity to keep working. Do you have any other goals in mind for yourself as you continue to get older?
2: <laughs> maybe, you know, maybe one one day it'll hit me that I should, um, I should, uh, you know, kind of like hang up my spurs, so to speak. <laughs> Why? I'm not sure when. <laughs> when that's, when that's going to happen. You know, as I say, you know, this is not something I planned. It was not, you know, one of the goals I have, but Mm -hmm. it is, what it is. And so, you know, as I've done with every one of these serendipitous opportunities, just to make the best of it, to, to enjoy it, to be, um, open to the next, um, opportunity that comes along. So, um, you know, I'm doing what I'm doing now. I don't have a long-range plan, but uh, if something else comes along, you know, maybe I'll start doing interviews like you guys. You know, I did, <laughs> Could we I did, be a guest then on your? <laughs> in, in communication, you know, I had my show on WBEZ. You know, I was a regular panelist um, on, uh, uh, with Tom Rozier and um, uh, Bruce Dumont. Uh, so you know, I've, I've I've done the media thing. So who knows? Mm. I may be competing with
1: you. <laughs> what was what was your show about, Jackie?
2: It was called uh, Equal Time. Uh, I co-hosted it with Chris Roebling, who was um, a very conservative Republican, uh, and we had a show uh, four days a week on at seven o'clock on WBEZ, and we would. Uh, it was um, a kind of a public affairs show. So we. Interviewed um, politicians and decision makers. We interviewed um, authors uh, and and uh, other, uh, you know, cultural kinds of, of active, uh, of, of activism, uh, going on in the community. So, it was eclectic, but you know, we always had kind of a, a, a political focus, and that. Uh, show ran until Chris got named to the Chicago Board of Elections, oh. and since you have to be apolitical on the on the Board of Elections, he had to give up the show. And as a result, I got another guy who was a co-host who didn't understand we. Although you know we were doing serious stuff, it was still entertainment, and
1: mm-hmm. uh-huh. didn't
2: get the entertainment part of of the show, and so. I said I quit <laughs> at the end of <laughs> at the end of our contract year. I didn't renew.
0: Well, okay. we'd be happy to share the airwaves with you. So if yes. you decide to, yes. <laughs> that would be wonderful. So uh, Jackie, we want to thank you so much for for joining us today and for giving us this uh, wonderful uh, glimpse into Chicago politics and the important issues around transportation and environment. And your own, uh, I, I really appreciate what you said about pivoting, uh, having uh, some goals in mind and then life happens and you um, you pivot and, and seize new opportunities. So these are really important messages for, for all of us and we thank you so much.
2: No problem. Thank you very much for the opportunity um, to to share. Um, you know, like if, uh, if it, this gets to... The younger women out there, um, that's awesome. So right. I like to have acolytes uh, all around me. Thank you. Thanks, Thank you, Jackie.
1: And listeners, we want to hear from you. Please share your thoughts on Facebook at Women Over 70. Ask questions, add to the conversation. Tell us what topics you'd like to hear more about and become an active participant in our community. Invite your friends, family, and colleagues to join in. Our goal is to create a conversation across the generations. You can access our weekly Wednesday podcasts at womenover70.com. And if you know a woman over 70 who would be a great guest, please recommend her to us on our website. Thanks to the School of Continuing and Professional Studies at DePaul University for use of their recording space. See you next week on Women Over 70, Aging Reimagined.
0: Thank you for listening to Women Over 70, Aging Reimagined. If you like what you've heard today, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen. In what ways are you shattering the myths that women over 70 are no longer relevant or visible? How are you celebrating aging? Join with us. Make your voice heard. Find us at womenover70.com.